My text is Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah. And I have another text. Um, that's Psalm 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is beautiful. And from the New Testament, saying the same, saying the same thing, really, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. And I could add to add that with Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. And I ask you to begin with, why have you gathered here this evening? And surely it must be to praise God. What was uttermost in your thoughts when you entered the chapel? Surely it must have been that we've come here to praise God. And as you know, it's the it was the first night of the proms last night, and um, I love watching a conductor. And I've always wanted to conduct a huge orchestra. I could never do it. I'm hopeless musically. And and you watch a great conductor, and what he does is this: he brings every member of his orchestra into action. He signals, you know, the, for example, the hallelujah chorus, right? You know, he signals to different groups, and they come in, and. Um, and he brings in every member of his orchestra. And it all comes into action. And he signals to one section and he signals to another. And it all adds up to a triumphant climax. And we have something like that in the final group of Psalms. In the south of that. That's from Psalm 146 to 150. And what the psalmists are saying is everything in creation is called upon to swell the chorus in unison of God's praise. Take, for example, the sun riding in the heavens, uh, the myriad stars at night, 147 verse 4, 148 verse 9, the mountains with their summits in the clouds are all called upon to praise God. 148 verse 11, the kings and the judges of the earth, they're asked to praise him. 149 12, young manhood in its strength and maidenhood are asked in its grace and beauty are called upon to praise God. Then 149 verse 1, the multitude of saints on earth. And 148 verse 2, the saints in heaven. They're given the signal to praise him. And, and there is, as it were, a symphony of the universe shouting with every voice in unison, praises to God alone. So my text is really praise the Lord. And it's one word in the Hebrew, isn't it? Hallelujah. So really my text is praise the Lord, hallelujah. And that's a lovely word, isn't it? It's a good word, isn't it? And all creation are asked to give him praise. So my verse says, praise the Lord, how good it is to sing praises unto our God. 
Now, you know, don't you, whenever you have a, a real spiritual experience, I pray God that you had one, you can be quite sure that, that this is a dominant note that will come forth. The dominant note will be one of praise. If a man or woman comes into an experience with God and his heart is set on fire, the bells begin to ring, don't they? <laughs> praise comes forth. And you know, that's why when you, I was thinking, when you come down the centuries, and you think about Christianity, you will find that there's more praise in Christianity than in all the other religions. You put them all together and there's more praise in Christianity than any other religion. Islam knows how to wield the sword, doesn't it? It doesn't know how to strike the harp. The Stoic, you know, que sera, sera, that type of thing, you know. The Stoic creed is strong and stubborn, isn't it? In endurance. But it's poor and dry and barren in song. <laughs> but you and I, the people of God, know how to praise him. And whatever the circumstances, we who know God and who know the Lord Jesus Christ, know the difference that it makes. And we, we give an assent to Paul's statement, and we in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we are taught that praise and thanksgiving are to be the keynotes of the people of God, of a child of God. Take you back to the Old Testament, you remember? God gave festivals to his people, and the festivals that there were there to remind them of God's mercies. And you remember among them was the feast of first fruits. And there it was the announcement that all good gifts around us are sent from heaven above. Then thank the Lord. Oh, thank the Lord for all his love. And it reminds us of the goodness of God in keeping his promises. God keeps his promises. And we should praise him for that. Do you remember the promise? While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And so we're glad, aren't we, to have reminders like the harvest. Because that gives us an opportunity to give thanks and to praise God. And so with that introduction, I want to say that this principle of praise is to be practiced. Let me say that again. This principle of praise is to be practiced. And it's right, isn't it? It's only right that we should give praise to God. And, and one of the greatest sins is that of ingratitude. Do you remember the Lord healed the ten lepers and only one returned? And he asked the question, where are the nine? And I think 
In this world, humanity can be divided up into two classes. Those who take things for granted and those who are grateful. I pray that we've all come here tonight to give thanks as a congregation. So let me ask you, do you count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done? Or what about the revised version? Count your blessings, name them, score by score. Score is 20, isn't it? Score, count your blessings, name them, score by score. And it will surprise you. There are millions more. And here's the truth. And this is the truth I want to get home to you. To take the benefits from man or God without thanks is mean, isn't it? And really, it's contemptible. And so ingratitude to God is sin. And sadly, there are thousands upon thousands of people in Wales and elsewhere in the British Isles who are committing this sin. You know, thousands of people call themselves self-made men and women. Thousands who boast of their achievements and they've never a thought of God. No acknowledgement that they've received of him the very necessities of life. That in him they live and move and have their being. And so the psalmists would say, stop, think, do something, praise the Lord. And if you think of the Apostle Paul, he makes this statement. It's a terse statement, isn't it? But it's tremendous. He says, give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, if you search the scriptures, you'll find that Paul practiced what he preached. Remember, he was in prison for his faith. You remember his time in Philippi? Remember they were singing praises to God at midnight and the jailer heard them? He was deserted by his friends because some of them thought that the path of Christian service was too rough. He was sick. He was unappreciated. He was alone. He was stoned. He was whipped and at last executed. And all the time in that demanding life of his, you'll always find in him a hymn of thanksgiving and praise to God because of his presence and strength and for his grace. And I think if you're a mature Christian, you will thank God in the most desolating trouble. Now that's easier said than practice, isn't it? But if you're a mature Christian, you will thank God in the most desolating trouble. You thank God that he did not lead you into trouble, into sickness, but in it, he has not deserted you. And you will thank God that although you cannot see as yet, God moves in a mysterious way, that's why we said that, isn't it? Um, you have faith to believe that somewhere there is mercy at the heart of it. 
and that whatever experience you're going through is another of those all things working together for good to them that love God. And we should thank God that there are times when our faith is strained. But they, generally speaking, come to us well spaced out. And for the most part, most of us, not all of us, most of us travel a sunlit road. And if we are unaware of the love of God, it is because we never looked for it. If you want to see the mercies of God, you only have to look. And that's what I want us to do tonight. I want you to look. I want you to count your blessings. Why? Because I want this service to help you when you go out praising God and saying hallelujah. And so the principle of praise is meant to be, not just meant to be talked about, but it's meant to be practiced. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let me just mention three blessings at least, and you could think of many, many more, I know. But let, let's praise God for the blessings of nature. Let's praise God for the blessings of providence. And let's praise and thank God for the blessings of grace. So we begin. Let's praise God for the blessings of nature. You know, we should thank God, shouldn't we, for the beauty of nature. We really live in beautiful places. And nature is beautiful, isn't it? It's wonderful. And you know, the Bible is full of anthems of praise for the handiwork of God. You know that verse? The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, night after night showeth knowledge. There is no speech or language where their speech is not heard all over the world. It's God's heaven. It's his handiwork. And you remember one of the, the biggest throwaway lines in the Bible? I like this. He made the stars also. <laughs> I, I laugh when I read that. He made the stars also. You know? Just like that. And how beautiful God is. And when you look out on this world, you, you, you see the workings of a beautiful mind. And so our world is a beautiful world. And you know, we didn't make it on strict lines after the pattern of some modern architects, I hope there are no modern architects here tonight, with their boxes of concrete. This one man has said he made it, he made a world of pearly dawns and blazing sunsets. A world of mountains and glens, plains, rivers and seas, a world ablaze with every colour of flower and alive with the singing of the birds. A world of splendour and joy and life. This is God's world 
And it's a beautiful world. And we thank him for it. We enjoy it, don't we? And we can say, oh Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made it all. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And I was thinking, you know, Turner, you know, you know painter Turner and Constable, who's a landscape artist, wasn't he? And they're famous for their glowing colours. But the most glowing colours are nothing compared with the glorious crimson and purple colours God paints on the sunset sky. Have you noticed recently? It's wonderful, isn't it? You look at the sunset sky. And of course, God's paintings are not hoarded in some gallery. They're spread out, aren't they, in light and shadow throughout the world. And everywhere we look, we see the handiwork of God. And his beauty can be discovered in the little, as well as the large, the great. There's a delicacy, isn't there, about God's handiwork. And in comparison, man's work looks disturbed and rough and poor. You know, no painted flower can replace the original. I confess this, on one occasion I bought my wife some flowers. I took them home and put them in a, in a, in a pot in a vase. And I put some water in, in the vase and she came home and she said, Oh, thank you, David, for that. But why did you put water in them? They're artificial. So as much you know, I know about, about flowers and gardening. But you see, the point I'm making is you can't fool a bee with a man-made flower, can you? So we praise God for the beauty of nature in all its seasons. We praise him for the spring, the, the, the summer, the autumn, the winter. It's our, it's our God's world. He made it. And he made it beautiful. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. Give thanks to God in all circumstances. And we praise him for the fertile earth. Isn't it wonderful? You think of this. What God made out of dust. What did he make out of dust? You know, dust, you trample it underfoot, don't you? You wipe it off with dusters or you hoover it up. You shake it away in the breeze. You put it in the dustbin. But God took it. What did he do with it? He made man out of it. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And he put man in a position of authority. And he was meant to rule the, wo the world as his viceroy, as it were. And he gave him wisdom and gifts of ability. And he was perfect. He was to dress and develop the earth and enable it to fulfill its potential in production. And there would be enough food for him and his descendants. And you know that the seasons, the promise was given in the seasons that they'd come in order, wouldn't they? While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And if the, and 
Remember the story of Joseph? If there was famine in one region, there'd be an abundance in another. Famine in Canaan, corn in Egypt. Other regions made up for it. There's never been a time when there was no food, when there was no harvest in the world. Let me explain. God produces sufficiency. It's us that mismanage by our greed for money and power. It's us who cause hunger and starvation. And you, can only, you only have to read your newspapers or watch the television. Poor people in, in Ethiopia, Eritrea, uh, at the moment. Poor people have been starved. Why? Because of power struggles within the country. And those who have plenty have been tight-hearted and tight-fisted. How do you answer the person who asks, why doesn't your God do something about famine? Those with more than enough have forgotten to share with those who have nothing. It's not God who has forgotten. God has not forgotten them. But us. Let's take stock again and praise God for the fertile earth that produces so much. And we saw our thankfulness to him by sharing with others, don't we? Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. There are so many other things we could thank God for. Let me just suggest two more. This is the second. We should thank God for the blessings of providence. Are you a grumbler? Is the glass always half full, half empty? Do you complain continually? If you do, you need to pray, forgive me, Lord, for not being grateful for your kindness to me. I'm sure you have moments when your heart has been touched by the goodness of God. And that brings repentance. The goodness of God has come to you that you've not deserved. And he's poured it out on you. We mustn't forget the blessings of providence. There's a wonderful Welsh hymn, It talks about providence. Don't forget to praise God. Don't wait until you've lost them. And only realise their greatness. Let me give you an example, a personal example. I, I'll tell you this. Two years ago, I'd, I'd, uh, I bumped my head and uh, I damaged my vagus nerve and I couldn't eat or swallow for months on end. I was fed by a tube into my mouth and into my stomach and then I was fed by a, a peg. <laughs> and I couldn't eat or drink. Now, since... I've recovered, praise God. I can now eat and drink, and I couldn't speak. My daughters were delighted at that, but I can speak again now. Um, but you see, ever since that moment, we always say, say grace when we sit around the table. 
for the evening meal, obviously. As Christians, we do that, don't we? We say grace. But every time now, I take a sip of water, I say, praise God. Every time I chew anything, I say, praise God. And so, it's only when you lose them that you realize what God has given you. Think of this. You can eat and drink. You can see the face of your loved ones. You can hear the sounds of the birds. You have your reason unimpaired. You've got a roof over your head, food on your table, clothes to wear. You can thank God for your home, your family, and the loyalty of those who have to put up with your faults. You can thank God for the church family. Don't you see, oh, how wonderful is the providence or the providences of God. And when we've learned to thank God for the blessings of providence, we should learn to thank God for those by whom those blessings have come. When did you last thank someone for a kindness they did to you? When did you last thank someone perhaps by a word or a letter or a phone call? God grant us hearts that are ever thankful for kindness is done for us. God sends his blessings to us by others. Usually, he doesn't send an angel, does he, to do things for you? He doesn't send an archangel to talk to you. He sends John Jones or Mrs. Thomas or somebody like that. Your fellow Christian or your friend. Can you see the point I'm making? Hold to have a heart of thanksgiving. A heart that sees behind the goodness, the providences of God, the goodness of God to us. Thank God and then thank his messengers. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've kept the most important to the last. Thank God for the blessings of grace. Grace, the unmerited favour of God. And if you read the New Testament with understanding, this is what you should do. You should visit Bethlehem. Go to Nazareth. Stand on the shores of the Lake of Galilee. Go up to Jerusalem. Sit in the upper room. Enter Gethsemane. Go to that place, the Hill of the Skull, the place called Calvary, and look at that cross. See that crown of thorns. Look at those five bleeding wounds, as I tried to mention this morning. Those are the blessed means of grace that comes to each of us through the Lord Jesus Christ. His unmerited favours. Blessings that give us forgiveness of sins. Blessings that make us children of God. Blessings that bring the miracle of the new birth. Blessings that open up for us a taste of heaven on earth. 
and, and blessings that give us an eternity in God's presence. By the way, do you, you recognise church services like this as being a little bit of heaven on earth? You should. God has promised to be present. His people are here. The word of God is here. It's, it's a little foretaste of heaven when you think of it. Uh, meeting as God's people. Dear friends, all of what I've said should make us shout hallelujah. That should move our hearts, shouldn't it? To say how good and gracious God is. Remember Paul's response? The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now only God can do these things. Can't he? No church can do them. No preacher can do these things. It's God himself. No angel can do these things. No angel can redeem us like this. You know, an angel can kill the firstborn of the Egyptians. An angel, an angel may kill 185,000 of God's enemies that boasted with blasphemy. Remember what they were going to do with God's people. An angel can do all that. One angel can do these things, but no angel can do what God has done in Christ Jesus for your soul and my soul. Listen to Paul. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We all need the forgiveness of sins. You and I are sinners, and the doctrine of total depravity is undeniable. You just have to look at your newspapers or television. How can man do what he's doing? Because we're sinners. Only God can forgive sin. He came from, the Lord Jesus Christ came from glory on a real mission. What was that mission? seeking that which was lost. He was the saviour. Are you conscious? Are you conscious of your sin? Are you conscious of the fact that you're not right with God? Perhaps in your, if you're not a Christian, perhaps in your sober moments, you think something like this. What happens when you die? Because death is going to come to knock at the door. A death that is inevitable. Just a matter of time. It's appointed and the man wants to die. And after death, the judgment. Do you say you don't believe it? it? Makes no difference. What do you think? God's word declares it. You and I need to get right with God. And the wonderful thing is this, that God has done it all. Is this something you can do? No. You can only seek to take from his hand the gift he offers. Take the gift that he offers.
nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked, come to thee for dress, helpless, look to thee for grace. Father, like to the fountain fly, wash me, Saviour, or I die. What have I been trying to do by God's grace? I've been trying to get you to realise how good God is. And so we thank God for the harvest. We thank God for the beauty of the world. But we, most of all, we thank God for a saviour. If you've not done this, receive him as your own tonight. If you're an atheist. An atheist can feel thankful. He has no one to thank. Christians can thank God. And you need not be in a position of an atheist. Thank God for the gift of his son. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for dealing with your sin and guilt. Where? On Calvary's cross. And ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to grant you the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and heart to see these great truths. Have you been stirred? Thank God. Do you feel uncomfortable? Praise God. The Spirit comes and makes us feel our need, doesn't it? And it becomes so personal. And you know, tonight we've been singing our hymns of thanksgiving. But God sings his hymns of thanksgiving too, doesn't he? Do you know when he does that? When one sinner repents. And the angels join in. And they magnify the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So take away this principle and practice it. Thank God. Hallelujah. We've come together tonight. Who do you thank? Will you not thank him? Will you not thank him for his greatest gift? The gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take him as your saviour. As your Lord. So that you can thank him for your salvation. And you can say, praise God, hallelujah. I close with an illustration on the verse, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A group of church ministers are assembled to discuss certain difficult questions. Amongst those raised, one was asked, asking how to always be happy, pray without ceasing, and, and thank God for all he, he does for us. After lengthy discussion, typical of ministers, isn't it? It was agreed that there would be no simple answer, and to retire, give the matter careful and prolonged thought, and for each person to submit an essay at the next meeting in a month, which could be read out and then ideas pooled together. The entire conver conversation was overheard by a young lady who was serving tea in the room. Pardon me for interrupting, she said, but you don't need a whole month to think about that text. It's one of the easiest to understand in the whole Bible. Well, Mary, said an old minister. What, you, what can you say about it? Let us know how you understand it 
And if you can rejoice all the time, pray without ceasing, which means praying all the time without hesitating, and to thank God even in the bad times. It's simple, really, she said. When I wake up and open my eyes in the morning, I immediately rejoice and pray, saying, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. When I'm dressing, I pray that I may be clothed with the robes of righteousness. When I wash, I ask for the washing of regeneration. When I work, I pray that I may have strength equal to my day. As I sweep out the house, I pray that my heart may be cleansed from all impurities. While I prepare and eat my meals, I pray to be fed with the hidden manna and the sincere milk of the word. As I attend to my little children, I ask God to make me become as a child. And so on throughout the day. Everything I do encourages me with a thought for prayer and a time to say thank you to God for what he's done personally for me. I just thank God that my whole life is his and thank him for all he's done for me, is doing for me and will do for me in the future. Enough, enough, said the minister. These things are revealed to babes and to the wise and prudent. Gentlemen, let us retire. Not to try and find an answer to what we thought was a complicated question, but consider what Mary has said and do the same as she does. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.